0: Hello, everybody. It's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. It's another jam packed show. We've got a, a lot of panellists, all the Game Day Extra Time posse, that is what he calls them. Um, I'm joined um, by a man making his debut, a returnee, and of course, the Game Day regulars. We're going to go through and recap the crew draw. Short and sweet, that will be. And also look at the January transfer window as a whole. Loans, loans and more loans. And also preview Blackpool and Peterborough. So let's get into the man making his debut. And his name is Mark Tutford. Thank you very much for joining us, Mark. And um, let's get into the Crew game then. I hope you had a good week as well. Uh, Yeah, your thoughts on the Crew game. I spoke to you after the game. But you've had time to reflect on a lovely point at Crew.
1: Yes, yeah, so obviously we spoke the other day just after the game and uh, my my reflection on it hasn't particularly changed. Um, I think I said that it was a point mainly for Lambert rather than the club. It's just a point trying to keep him in the in the job. Um, and yeah, it was a disappointing game. Um, but, you know, when you look at it from a point of, um, you know, getting points on the road is the main thing. Um, however, uh, you know, it is crew at the end of the day and these are kind of the teams that we need to be beating. If you want a chance of at least getting back in the playoffs, let alone promotion,
0: there we go. Then and the man making his return, and we found out last time he wasn't Leighton Baines's brother, but um, yeah. Uh, but yes, it is Tom Baines. Thank you very much for joining us once again, my friend. Um, your thoughts? I haven't heard your thoughts about the draw against Crew. So take away.
2: Yeah, I, I think the thing that surprised me it was like the, the team that that turned up for the first 15 minutes and showed that great intensity and high pressing. It was like, whereas it's been all season. I think the the best thing you can do sometimes is do the simple things, right? And if you close down people and you put them under pressure, then they'll, they'll make mistakes. So that first 15 minutes for me was, was really good. And it was probably some of the best football we've played this season, but then crew obviously got back into the game Um they're, they're a good side. They've got some good players. You know, Charlie Kirk, the number 10, especially that finish, was absolutely fantastic. You know, just cool as you like, bottom corner. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it, you know, every point's a prisoner, as our friend Mr. McCarthy used to say, and maybe we'll look back on this as a, as a good point. But, yeah, it, it was it, on, on balance, a draw was probably the right result because we had some reasonable possession and chances they, they did as, as well. So all in all, yeah, I, I was pretty okay with a, with a draw. Okay. So we've got six
0: other, of course, the game day regulars with us. I want to go over to Liam next. Cause it is his boys crew. Um, he doesn't support crew of course, but his hometown uh, team, Liam from crew. Um, hope you've a good week, my friend, your thoughts. I'm sure you're going to echo what Mark and Tom have just said, but, um, yeah reflect
3: um well yeah it is a good week uh deposit down on there uh, on my flat now so hopefully in the next couple of weeks i'll be finally on the housing ladder which uh will be quite exciting um as you know you you're almost a squatter in my flat ross so uh <laughs> i'll be uh i'll be uh, charging charging you charging your rent next time uh, i'm back down south um, uh, just uh, a, few, a few comments, really. Um, the game overall was just the same old. It's been the same for weeks and weeks and weeks. Nothing has changed. Um, but just something that Andy said in one of the, uh, I think it was the earlier podcast this week, where he spoke about the 4 And we've all said on here that the one up front isn't working. Um the fact that he, he said that it isn't the four three three that's the problem. The problem is town aren't playing that system correctly. And I think it's kind of highlighted if, if you look at if you look at Liverpool and the team that have dominated the last twelve months in English football, they've got two dynamic fullbacks in Robertson and Alexander Arnold, and they allow Salah and Marnay to get inside when they're attacking. So then suddenly they become almost forwards inside the box. The problem for town is, and and this has been a problem for a long time, is that the wide men who are supposed to be inverted wingers as Lambert has, has wanted them to be, they don't get into the box because Chambers and Ward being so old now and not being able to get up and down, they don't have that support and they're just wingers. So they're not getting in the box to support. So any balls that they put in, you're only hitting that one central striker. Um, And then, I mean, Harrop, we haven't seen yet, but I'm hoping he will make a difference just because of the fact that he is a number 10 and that he'll be more likely to get into the box because I think that's another issue that Town are are, are struggling with is that the wingers aren't getting into the box because the fullbacks aren't bombing on. And we're not getting anyone bombing into the box from midfield. So it's just down to one striker. I think the evidence is there was a a cross in the first half that Thomas made, which went all the way to the back post. And I think it was Edwards coming in because there was nobody else there. Sears had kind of gone missing, but it it had to go to the back post because there was no one in the middle. And then Edwards was the only one, Coming in, and it, it looked it looked messy. But you're not going to create anything. Whereas when Drayton came on, okay, it was only for eight minutes. They played two up front, and the goal was a bit bizarre there. But they ah, cool. panicked. There were more people in the box, more for Crew to have to deal with. And I think it just just goes to show that if you do commit a lot more bodies in that box, then Town are going to get more. Much more chances to win a game but you, you just don't feel that uh, at the moment i'm hoping when we get to the later discussion on the signings that that will change
0: okay then i'm gonna go over to brad next because i want to sort of get an update on his kitchen the last few months we've been recording this he's been doing <laughs> up his kitchen and behind you it looks very good it's looking. Yeah,
4: pretty yeah. It's, it's pretty much done i've just got a bit of plimps on now um uh, but yes, yeah, that was our lockdown project. Um and yeah, it's we we're, we're done well. Anyway, um
0: Yeah, your thoughts on crew. Sorry. on to crew.
4: Yeah. Not here just to yeah. I would I'd quite happily talk to you about it all night if you want and tell you what what's what's gone where and whatnot. Yeah, um yeah, I'm more yeah. Than to start I, your kitchen and crew, but yeah, carry on. I completely agree <laughs> with Liam, um, on pretty much everything you said. Um, it comes down to the fact that we're we're not targeting teams' weaknesses, are we? We you go into that game and prove that the 2 set halves are not very good. And you have Freddie Sears up against them. You don't overload the bots. You don't give them anything to think about. And it's just become so easy. It's time and time again this season. Well, every Nearly every game. We're so focused on our own plan A that I don't actually see us set up to beat a team. I don't see us, I don't see us attacking their right back the way which Kirk and Pickering were attacking Chambers in that first half and second half. And... Um, just just been the theme throughout the season because our plan B just seems to be able just to do plan A better um, until the 75th minute when we go 4-4-2 and then your man gets sent off anyway. So um, I've, I've mentioned on Miles Kenlock, I thought he did really well. Um, he did something that Stephen Ward hasn't done. As I said on, on Saturday, he actually ran past his man, he ran past on and got up the field and gave him something to think about. Whereas Ward has just sort of, been the thirty five left year old thirty five left back thirty five year old left back you'd expect him to be and just kind of operate just in, in in around the halfway line really so um hopefully with Matheson coming in, not saying Ken lots be answered to our prayers, but we need something going forward from his four back positions which liam says and um so yeah credit to him because i mean there's nobody else in that pitch who really staked a claim for man of a match and it obviously has to go for miles. And on, on uh, Thomas and Edwards, just get the ball into them. Get the ball into their feet. Let them get one-on-one with their men. Because Thomas did once in the first half, it didn't lead anywhere, but he did beat his man and shot near post. But how many times did you see us get the ball into him? How many times did you see us get the ball into, well, it was Freddie Sears the weekend, but the striker's feet and work off him? It's just, it's just crap. And Lambert saying how, oh, oh well, on had a shot for 25 yards, and, Oh, did you not see that chance which went miles wide? Like, yeah, whatever. Like, we're not peppering the goal. And I'm sorry, my, my standards are, are high for Mitswich Town, and we should be beating crew away. Um, it's the context into this result, but we should be beating crew because we should be um, taking apart the opposition's weaknesses. So,
0: Okay, well, um, I said about your kitchen. Let's go over to David's kitchen where he. You know interviews and where I always speak to him, um, David. Uh, hope you had a good week and your thoughts on crew. I'm sure you're going to echo what the other guys have said, but
5: um, anything else to add? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. There's been the smell of spring in the air. I've I've, I've actually had uh, the coat off and been been sort of shirt sleeves or jumper rather than huddling. It's not been that warm. It what hasn't even been working. It been has, has have you been working outside? There's been a definite smell of spring. Um, so for that is LGBTQ history month. So I've been tweeting a lot about that and having arguments with people on Twitter because that's what I do. Um, yeah, crew, yeah, it it was a miserable, bog standard, pointless battle between two quite shit mid table teams, wasn't it? Um, they're ninth, we're 11th. You could tell they had some good good openings, but couldn't put the ball into the box in the right place. We Ran a lot and couldn't put the ball in the right place because we're players in the wrong place. Is um, uh, you know, Liam and I've said it for ages. The what if you're playing four three three, the wide players need to be cutting in the box, which is what Edwards can do on from the left sometimes. But they're not hugging the touchline. That's a four four two when you've got two strikers. If you've got four three three, they need to be inside forwards, not wingers. They cut into the box, and we don't do it equally. And um, Liam said about. Liverpool. But Sheffield United, if you look at the way in which the the wide in their case wide centre backs, the way Basham was getting in the other day, um, or um Bogle, the number of times Bogle's in the box for there, he's providing you're overloading and you're getting sort of six or seven players in the box. And if Sheffield United, who really aren't pulling the things up this season are playing better than we are, then you know <laughs> Yeah. It's a shit mid table clash between two shit sides in a shit division. That's it, really. Say shit again. Shit.
0: (laughs) Um, Over to one man who's definitely not shit. It is good old John Watson. i just seen his message in the chat (laughs) saying, come to me, because apparently his dog is um, going crazy. Ziggy, um, is is he okay?
6: The shoes have been rationed. He's gone quiet. He was just going absolutely ballistic, so I was praying for ones that he did come to me um, straight away, Ross. Good to see everybody. Nice packed house tonight. So I won't repeat what people said. I actually enjoyed the match on Saturday more than I have done for a good couple of months, to be honest. Um, I thought the first half was a bit more open and a bit more fun than lots of the crap we've had to put up with. Um, I agree that there are two similar sides, like David was saying. I don't think either side were brilliant, but perhaps because Crew played football a little bit similar to we try to um it was fairly open and fairly enjoyable it felt like a pre-season friendly but you know that kind of it it was it was fine to watch without much end product from either side um so I'm trying to be positive that's the most positive thing I can say but like I said to you on Saturday Ross when Miles Kenlock is possibly um the man of the match that says something about the standard and in context. A 1-1 draw away from home. Sorry, out of context, a 1-1 draw away from home. You'll you take that, but actually that was one point from nine and that's not good enough for Ipswich Town. That's not good enough for us in any league, but let's not forget we're in League One. How far have we fallen to be settling for a point with no disrespect but the ninth place team crew in League One? We're not talking about going to Blackburn when we, when we were mid-table um, championship club and getting a one-one draw and go. You know what? On their day, they can be okay. Or going to QPR or Swansea or whoever. We're talking about Crew, and whilst they might have produced lots of good players throughout the years, and they've got some tidy players now, they're they're mid-table League One. They just been
0: promoted from League Two as well. So
6: exactly. I, what I did like was the intensity. As Tom said, we were on the, the first 15, 20 minutes. We actually created some corners. Not that we can do anything from corners because I don't know if we've ever practiced them in training or anything. I mean, because it doesn't happen often in a football match. You get like a set piece that you can maybe use to your advantage. Um, but we, we forced four or five corners early doors. We had a bit more intensity, a bit more passion, a bit more pace. and It was like, oh, we can do this. So that was quite positive. Um, what disappointed me most is looking at the kind of overall big picture. You know, Lambert came out after the game and said similar nonsense to usual. And I was like, stop making mugs out of us. We're not, we paid our tenner, we watched it. We all saw, you know, between the people who have spoken so far, some of us are saying it was shit, some of us are saying it's okay, but none of us are saying we were good. None of us were saying we were brilliant. We weren't very, very good. We weren't great. We weren't... Could we ask for more from the boys? Yes, we could ask for them to be in the right places and pass the ball to each other and get on the end of a ball or use a corner or use a set piece or all the the things that a good team would normally do. So whilst it was better, it's simply not good enough. And our 4-3-3 under Paul Lambert, the way we play it, doesn't work. And I'll maintain that. You know, I just don't think it works. Um, So yeah, there's my little rant over. I try to have some positives.
0: Yes, thank you very much, John. Um, now, this is, the, this is the hardest part of my job in terms of doing the intros and deciding who should be last. Um, and this is not a bad thing for the person who will be last. But I want to go over to good old Segans first, cause I want Matt to segue into the next um, segment, basically. So don't worry, Matt. You'll get your, your, your voice heard soon. But over to you then, Segs, um, to talk about crew um i'm sure you're going to echo what the other guys have said but um you take on the point against crew
7: firstly why is matt better than me my name's Segan, surely i'm better for a segue you know oh <laughs> oh dear i did
0: not say
7: that uh, but yeah um
0: <laughs>
7: shit yeah, anyway see. go on <laughs> anyway yeah yeah uh, i'm fine my hair hasn't been sore so uh that's one trust, <laughs> i guess but um yeah, in terms of crew, I'm not going to talk about the game too much because it's all been said now. Um, for me, mostly, it's a bit worrying before the game. Football Focus, and you hear Stephen Warnock sitting there telling us all that uh, Lambert wasn't a manager of him. Kind of, he's apparently got a sense of humour, but then it doesn't get shown in the in the changing room. You kind of alarm bells start ringing, and it kind of sums up what we already know. Um, he's just not a he's not a good man manager, obviously, and. Just a bit of a fraud, really. So um, the game started off badly for me in terms of that. It got a bit better, like John said. It was actually one of the ones I've actually enjoyed for a, for like a little while, actually, to be fair. It was a decent game, but we just we still weren't any better. Um, the first 15 minutes was fine, and then we kind of tinkered off and it went, went there. Um, the, the, what annoys me is the fact that we're 11th in League One. Um, it's like 11 points out of 11, Yeah, apparently, we're still really, really good. Couldn't have asked no more from the lads. Um, It's all all ball crap. Um, The pillock needs to wake up or piss off, basically.
0: Well said there, Segs. I wish I could have used that segue using your name, but you know me, I'm a shambles. But over to you, Matt, then, to echo and echo more on what the other guys have said. Um, You've heard what they've had to say. What have you got to say about crew? And I want to get into also, I want you to segue, if you can, into the Drenneray transfer window as a whole? Loans, loans and more loans.
8: Well, Ross, my good old friend. Um, yeah, I spoke to you on Saturday about the crew game. Um, it's a real kind of devil on one side, angel on the other type analogy. Um, it's this frustration of being somewhere where we don't want to be and we should be going to places like crew and the ice cream van stand and places like that and getting a digital. but it, it ain't happening. It's another game where we've kind of barely got out of kind of second gear. We look really good for five minutes, and it's like, right, just keep doing this. You know, the passes are going to people, and then another pass is going, and then it just it just peters out. It's, I can't remember the last game where... But yes, I can, because we're playing them at the weekend. The last game, like the, when we played Blackpool that was like hms it's the league it's going to be fantastic and then we're going to like edge ever closer to where we where we're going to be but yeah echo what everybody said um especially john with the set pieces it's so frustrating it's a basic thing in football corners free kicks throws it's almost like they do care they are trying but it's like maybe try something a little different maybe and our defending is is appalling as well this modern football kind of style of not putting anybody on the posts. Where's, where's that come from? You, you, you stick your fullbacks on the posts and everybody else kind of either man-marks or only marks. But yeah, we'll, we'll move on from crew. Hopefully we won't have to go there again. No disrespect. It's a lovely place, I'm told. But um, yeah, Let, let's, let's get on to the January transfer window or lack thereof. Yeah, um, I'm
0: going to start with you first. You know, for Loan signings in January. Um, Josh Harrop, Luke Matheson, Luke Thomas. A lot of Lukes. I don't think we've had a Luke yet on game day extra time. Well, I, no, I can remember. I don't think we have. I'm sure we'll we get a welcome, Luke at some
8: welcome, point. We welcome all kinds of Lukes. Yes. And Gag of course, day. Troy Troy Parrott as well. So,
0: you know, your thoughts on the window as a whole. More loans again. Uh, it's better than last January because the only signing we made last January was Josh Earl. All right. We were trying to get promoted and we just signed one player. This time we signed four, um two on yep. deadline day, a busier deadline day than normal. Normally we see a, a tweet or a, a post saying quiet day expected at Portman Road, but two signings were made.
8: Um what's your thoughts on it and start the loan debate? Let's start the loan debate. It's um it's it, it's an interesting way of, of doing business. Um I totally agree with kind of not wanting to I mean, we've made some terrible signings in the last couple of years we have pissed so much money down the drain you know you look at the money that we spent on Danassian he was never a 750,000 pound player and then we get offers for well rumored to be 50 grand like two like less than 2 years after he's signed but it's the young the young right back Luke Matheson great I am quite excited about him. I used to be a flying wing back myself when I was thin an interesting before I got stuck in goal. Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. He's he's gonna be decent. So Chambo's gonna come inside and presumably um, cover the cover cover the gaps at, at centre half because Wolfenden and, and, and McGuinness is just not a not a convincing um partnership. The one person that I kind of feel for in in, in all this, or in fact the three people that I feel for is um El Mazzuni, Dobra, and Lancaster, because I think they should be getting some game time and developing our own. I'm not too sure about the about the attacking players that have come in, other than I have heard good things about Troy Parrot. Um, you know, you've got to give respect to somebody that made their Premier League debut and international debut at the age of 17. But I think the trouble is, you know, reading on reading kind of town Twitter, we're just all a bit meh at the moment. And I'm sure if we like actually signed a pretty good player for decent money, we'd still be like, oh, it's gonna be shit type thing. So let's 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 give them a chance. What I would what it does help us with, and I think David will appreciate this, is the fact that these give these players give us more tactical options as well. Because like we've touched on before, the 433 isn't working. It kind of did for a few games when, you know, like I said before, HMS Pistol League was kind of halfway across the ocean before it kind of sank dramatically just before Christmas, like it did last year. Um but yeah, the young right back. He's, I mean, he's very good of his school. To release him to come down to Suffolk and, and and play. He, um, but he 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 is he is fantastic, and I and I think his exuberance, his youthful exuberance, will will kind of inject a, a bit of positivity um into the squad. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were never going to spend money. That was never going to be realistic. And um, we just don't have the budget. We don't have the the money and the in, in the in the salary cap we've got to get real i know I know we said it before, none of us want to be here, but we don't have the money you know the club is in absolutely well, it's, it's not in die straits because we've actually got a, a, an owner that's kept us afloat for three or four years, and i think I think we need to remember that, but let's just we're still in touch and distance so uh, of 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 success so Lambert ain't going anywhere i've I've compared myself to that unless he walks, which he won't um but yeah it's it was it was exciting having people in on deadline day because usually you'll you kind of feel like that meme from narcos where you're just sat on a swing by yourself (laughs) it's like oh everybody else is spending millions and i'm an Ipswich fan and yeah like last year josh earl great needed a left back that like broke his face and wore a mask but there you go
0: Cool. Well, I want to go over to Mark next. He's been nodding throughout. Um, I want to get his thoughts on the Dranrae transfer window and the loan debates, where you sat in it. And uh, are you happy with the signings we made despite them being loans? At least they're better loans than the previous years. Like I said in the the main podcast, that we normally bring in loans like youngsters who have never played, haven't played proper football for a long while. So, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think uh, with the signs that we've made, obviously they've been um, <clears throat> mixed sort of whether they've been popular or a bit unpopular, um, you know, bringing in kids that, you know, we could actually just do with, uh, you know, maturing our own sort of uh, kids really. But, you know, it's desperate, desperate times for Paul Lambert and, you know, these these transfers reflect of what he really needs to do at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean it was always going to be loans. You know, as someone else said, you know, it's, we're not going to spend money, um, especially in January. But I suppose the only thing I can say of positivity of Mark Sevens is that at least he's acted in this, in this window, whereas in previous windows, he hasn't. Um, And that's been sort of detriment to um, the failings of this club, I think, um, because he's not backed a manager when he has to. And okay, he's not spent money, but you know, he's brought those players in and, and those players, are four, you know, well, four loans, but now that comes to six loans in the matchday squad. Um, when you can only use five. Um, but yeah, I mean, those four, four, uh, the four signings that we brought in in January, I think they're pretty decent. Uh, my favourite one probably being Matheson. Um, uh, I think he's a very good little young right back. Um, did very well at Rochdale, I think he was at um, a couple of years ago. Um, obviously as a kid as well. So. I'm excited to see what he does. I think we've been crying out for a right back, obviously, since KVY has been injured. I uh, don't think much of Don- uh, Um And Chambers is a little bit of a liability these days. Um, but I assume he'll probably move into the centre because you've got such a young defensive four there, especially with uh, Kenlock, who are going to now sort of start left- at left back. So I wouldn't be surprised if Chambers moves into the middle. And then you've got Parrott, who's coming from Tottenham. Obviously, good stock coming from there. Um, and, yeah, I've heard good things about him. Um, bit of a bit of a sore time at Millwall, I think, uh, with with injury and sort of lack of games. Um, but hopefully moving down a league and um, wanting to impress, I think he'll score some goals. I think a decent signing. Um, and then we've got, obviously, Harrop as well. Again, coming from good stock from United and then, you know, coming from actually Preston. But, you know, you, you, you come from that academy because you're good. Uh, you don't get to play for Man United or go in academy if you, if you shit. So it's one of these sort of things where um, hopefully he can rediscover that form. Um, another one who's been affected by injury. Um, so, yeah, and then there's obviously Thomas as well from Barnsley. Um, you know, again, I've heard good things about him. I think, I think some of these players that we've brought in have got a, a point to prove um, and hopefully they can do it um, in the short period of time that they are with the club at the moment. Uh, I don't expect any of them to be here next year um, but yeah, as I said, it's um, it's just keeping Lambert in the job at the moment. I think, um, and you know, needs must, I suppose. And you know, if these signings get him over the hill uh, when it comes in, in, it comes to May and we're in the playoffs, maybe in the final, maybe win it. You never know. Um, but yeah, it's it's needs must, uh, and I'm I'm happy with the, the additions that we've made. Uh, I'm just hoping it's not a detriment to uh, the likes of Lancaster Dobra. Etc., etc. So, um, yeah. OK, then. Well, Tom,
0: I'm not going to go to you right now because I know David has got a different opinion of what probably Mark has just said. Um, he's not a fan at all of the signings, I don't think. Um, so, start off then, David. I know you've got a rant ready for, um, for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, take away. We'll get over to you, Tom. I'll, I'll get your response and your, your
5: feelings on what David just said. But, David, take it away. The first thing I'm going to say is, this isn't against the signings themselves. I don't I've never seen Parrot play. Um I've got no great axe to grind about Harrop. I'm told reliably by Francine that on football manager he's excellent. She always signs him. So it's not the individual players. Um but and this was alluded to on the main pod earlier on today, is the fact that it's why we're doing it and the overview of it, which is, quite frankly, wank. It, from beginning to end, we've, that idiot has signed 24 players since he's come in to run the club into the ground. Of those, how many have been a success? None of them virtually, that you could actually pinpoint and say, yeah, he's a success, I want him to be here. I can't think of any. What we're doing, every single window, whether it's Earl or whether it's these four, is we are pissing money up the wall because we don't have any form of strategy. Okay, we haven't got a player who's playing well out wide. Yep, that's fair play. We haven't got somebody who's playing in the number 10 role well. Yep, fair play. But that's because some imbecile is sticking our number 10 out wide on the wing. He plays well well enough for a couple of games, and then he pisses off back to the wing again. You say the youngsters aren't doing so well, so we can't trust them because, oh, well, they haven't played well. No, dobra hasn't played more than two consecutive games. He hasn't played in his correct position. Lancaster, when he's been coming on, has been coming on in centre midfield. How many of us here think that Lancaster is a central midfielder? He's not. Under no circumstances, he is a central midfielder. Of those 24 players that we've spaffed money up against the wall for, how many of them are still at the club? Virtually none, because they're not players you've signed on a loan and then thought as a, with a view to a permanent signing, which is what we have done in the past. They've come in, they've done a piss poor job, and then they've pissed off again. Often to Scotland or somewhere sort of really amazing like Quainer. And that is fundamentally the problem. We've still got the core of that side. It's not the more of the core of that side. It's the majority of that side is still McCarthy's. It's just older. You've still got a significant part, which is Hurst, who was here for about, what, two and a half days. And he's managed to make more of an influence on the first, first team there than Lambert has in two and a half years. It was painfully obvious last season where we needed to strengthen. We didn't do it. There were loads and loads of free transfers in the summer because people had to clear the decks. We could have made transfers in the summer. We could have had a strategy. Okay, you don't trust Cotter at right-back. So you've got Danassian, you've got Chambers. You might one day, perhaps, with the following wind, if you close your eyes and um, call up a seance, have KVY on the pitch for two and a half minutes. But. You know that KVY is injured for the start of the season, probably halfway through the season. You know he's fragile. You know you don't trust Danassian. So if you don't think that Cotter's going to make it, you think that Crow is... Well, I mean, he's not first team. You're not going to trust Danassian because he gave you a funny cup of tea once at at Villa. So you go, well, we need to sign a right-back in the summer not halfway through the season whether or not Matt Matheson ends up being a good signing there is not a hope in hell of us actually getting him here permanently there's no plan for it and might or might not be better than Wolfenden uh, than than, um, McGuinness we don't know because he's never been given that chance do we genuinely think that McGuinness has been a success an unbridled head and shoulders above anybody else's success at the back he hasn't He's made just as many mistakes, costing goals, as Encialla has. But Encialla gets a lot of grief, including from me. He's an experienced player. But if you've got a player who's making stupid mistakes, week in, week out, costing us goals, that player making stupid mistakes and learning on the job should be one of ours who's going to be a long-term player there. He's going to be there two, three, four years. And that's my problem. It isn't with the individuals. I hope that parrot goes off and he scores dozens of goals and all of those things. Personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I also think that Parrot is of all of all of them the most pointless signing because Norwood is almost possibly maybe fit. You've got Sears, you've got Dryden. you've got Jackson who's out for two games because of a suspension. that's not an injury. We only play one striker. So you've now got all of those extra ones. In, you've got him to add to that. I mean, ha, that. That doesn't make sense to me, just to add some numbers. Was it now 30 professionals, 30 in the first team squad? I and a lot of us on here have been saying we need to have a strategy where we're trimming that squad. We, we're making it leaner, making each role, having a player, a second player, so you've got options but it's not this bloated thing. It, I mean, this, this is, this is a, the overall my problem. It, it's simply that, that we are wasting money. There's no strategy. There's no identifying where we're going to be in a year's time. If you're planning to say we're going to be in League One next year, realistically, you should be looking at players who are going to develop over the next six months in this division to take us up next season. If you're thinking this season is the season we're going up, you need to have a consistency of selection. You need to have a consistency and players fighting for that thing where those players are then going to be there next year. You've seen it before. Was it, I can't remember which side it was, who got promoted to the, champ, to the Premier League from the Championship with six or seven loan signings in their squad. They all went back. And then the season afterwards, it was... Well, you've got to rebuild an entire side. If you take out all of our, what is it, six play, players we've got now in our squad who are loans, you take out those six. Say they're integral, five of them, one one sort of on the bench, you know, sitting sitting in the stands, going, yeah, it's not my turn today. Those five <laughs> players become integral to our success this season. We scrape a place in the champion in in the playoffs. We go up. Lambert suddenly an amazing hero or not? Those five key players are no longer there next season. Is Evans going to suddenly reach into his pocket in the championship and say, here's the money to replace those with the next level up? He's not. We're going to be doing the same thing again. And it, as I say, it, it's not my... I, I don't like loans at all. Part of that is when I grew up watching football, when loans were people like Ian Djeriev for a month to keep to tide you through when you got an injury. You know, when you've got Stockwell and Walk filling in as strikers up front, successfully, I might say, then you sign somebody on loan to cover that that injury thing. I don't like the loan system. I don't like the fact that clubs stockpile players send them out on loan for year after year after year after year. Chelsea. So shit, hey? Chelsea. I mean, just Chelsea, yeah, but Chelsea are the ones who get nailed for it. But lots of clubs do it. If you haven't got space, if you, if they're not, never going mean. Trevor Chalobah he's never going to play for Chelsea's first team, is he, realistically speaking? For his career, he should be able to be off somewhere else, Preston, Ipswich, Huddersfield, non, wherever he is in France, and build a career for himself there. And then if Chelsea are get proved wrong in 10 years' time, and they sign him for 38 million, cool. But he should have a chance to do that rather than permanently being on loan all over the place. I think it's shit. I recognise that what McCarthy did when we got Fraser, when we got Lawrence, there's no possible way under the sun we could have afforded those sort of players. Where you get a loan, you get a loan which is going to provide that flourish, that last little bit which is going to push you over a line that is out of your price range completely. I don't believe that if you'd have given Lancaster a run on the right, he is going to be totally eclipsed by Thomas, who had, quite frankly, an anonymous game against Crewe. He looked bright when he came on the other day, but he was anonymous. I don't think that Parrott is going to be, if, if Norwood is fully fit, I don't think Parrott's going to be pushing Norwood out of the side. I don't think McGuinness is head and shoulders above Wolfenden. Whether he is above Undaba, I don't know, because I've not seen enough of Undaba, but what I have seen, I've been impressed by. I think it's short-term, I think it's reactive, you look at a game and you go, oh, we need one of those. It smacks to me of a 10-year-old playing football manager, it's deadline day, so he goes and signs a striker because he hasn't scored any goals. The reason we don't score any goals is because we're going to the ball in the box. The reason we're going to the ball in the box is because we don't make good enough decisions, we make slow decisions. That's tactics, that's training, that's that. We can't defend. You know, players get pulled towards the ball. That's not because McGuinness or Wolfenden or anything like that aren't good enough. That's because they don't get the training properly to be able to play the proper way. We've done that for, what, four years now that our defence has been shocking. Why don't we get a proper defensive coach? You know, an international former England captain who loves the club, who's at the club. You could put him in charge of defending, getting the first team to defend properly. But no, we go and sign yet another set of youngsters. It's an absolute fucking waste of time, and I hope they do well. I hope they're lovely. I'm sure they are. Matheson's got cool hair, but it doesn't change the fact that the transfer window has been utter, complete pile of wank because its the tactics are totally wrong. All right, I think we we'll, we shall That's all a be short showing. Ad, by the way, there was a longer one.
0: Oh, we'll leave that for the after party. Uh, <laughs> game day, extra time, extra. Extra, I don't know, golden, golden gold, or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, we'll be showing that speech to our grandchildren in years to come, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but um, over to you then, Tom. Um, you've, you've heard what David's had to say. Um, I heard the word spaff, spaffing. Was it spaffing?
5: Spaffing <laughs> against the wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, a, it's a Boris Johnson quote.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, but yeah, Tom, um, your thoughts on the loans.
2: There's uh, there's nothing quite like a David rant to make you feel all warm and and fuzzy inside. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I agree with with most of what he said. I think for me, the thing is, we'll look at the dizzying heights of the Premier League first and and uh, to North London, Arsenal. Their main plan this window was to get people out the door. It was to get Ozil to Fenerbahce. It was to get Mustafi out. It was to get Kolasinac out as well. And whilst these loan signings are are good and I'm just happy with doing business in the January window, equally the plan should have been to, to get these these players out the door. It's not going to do anyone any good. I don't care how many games there are. If there's lots of pros that are sat on the bench, you know, or or not being picked or not making the match to squad, it's not good for morale, it's not good for anyone. So for me that should have part of been the plan. Similarly, on Arsenal, if you ever want a good watch and you ever want a want a good laugh, watch Arsenal fan TV. My God, don't <laughs> they implode and lose the plot? It's blood this and fam that, and he's a waste man. Uh, I I watched the the Wolves video. The reaction is it's just it's just brilliant. I just think like, tell you what, be a fan of Ipswich. You you would literally even lose your mind even more. But anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think the business at the moment and transferring football finance is a is a weird one. Um, the Athletic mentioned they've spoken to to football agents and they've said, look, there's loads of these contract, there's loads of these players that could be talking to clubs because they're running down last six months of their contract. But clubs are just saying we're not in a position, we we can't talk to you, we don't know where we are. So I think whilst loans are, I I agree with David, far from an ideal situation, and obviously. You know, we've all we've all said, you know, how many times has Evans gone against his holy grail of this five point plan? But I think it's a sticky plaster at the moment. But yeah, I think Lancaster or Lancaster when when he was mentioned with Salford, I was initially a little bit annoyed and disappointed, and then I was like, actually, maybe it does make sense. To get some football. You know, he's had a bad injury. Um, denasian like David said. You know, if he wasn't part of Lambert's plans and he he wanted a right back, that should have been done in the summer. That's not fair to Danasian. He's been nothing but a solid player for for our club, and he's just being treated like absolute trash by a trash manager. Um, he should have been allowed to go in the summer on loan. He should have got some football somewhere, put himself in the shop window, and we wouldn't be having these derisory, you know, fifty grand bids. We we might have a have a bit more, but. Matheson for me seems the more exciting of the two because it means that, you know, Luke Chambers can actually move back to centre back. A 35-year-old at fullback is is never a good option at all. I don't know why Lambert thought it would work for so long. So yeah. I'm excited to see him him back at centre back. And I think he just seems like a really grounded young man and just really sensible and he's got his head screwed on. And I think for a lot of footballers, that's that's quite Understated. I know I mentioned Marcus Madison before. It's a bit bizarre him going to Bolton. He sounds like an absolute shithouse from from what I read. But someone like Matheson, who's a bit younger, got got a bit more of a grounded head. Just is willing to work. The stuff he was saying about he'll keep running and running, run is is nice. It's it's nice to hear from a young man. So I'm excited about him. Troy Parrott heard good things about him. There was a lot of clamour from Spurs fans to for him to be included. A, a, a bit more he's capped Republic of Ireland as well he's capped at schoolboy level as well as is Matheson as well England on the 17s and 18s I know it's not the be all and end all but with young players pedigree is is important but yeah I I just think that the thing for me is the, the most disappointing thing is that it's, it's a massive squad it's a massive massive squad I mean just look at centre-back for example we got five centre-backs for two positions it it just doesn't work and it's not fair on Toto either that he's gonna be he's gonna be out now like Wilson is so why not allow him to move? What you know Leo Neal mentioned that the deals weren't right, you know, it wasn't right. well why? So what's better that a player actually goes out and plays football and maybe we can bring him back and have extra value, or he can just be sat there with a coat freezing on a Saturday afternoon. It just makes no sense to me, and yeah. Lee O'Neill continues to piss me off. He's just Evans' puppet, and he's just got his, you know, hand up his backside, you know, moving his mouth. It's just absolute nonsense and completely rubbish rhetoric. I don't listen to Lambert anymore. I don't listen to Evans anymore. I don't listen to O'Neill anymore because I think that most part they're all full of shit. But yeah, in in summary, nice. We've got some players. I hope to God they do well and make make an impact. But yeah. I have my fingers and uh, and toes crossed.
0: Okay, yeah, hopefully they won't get the injury curse. You know, Harrop's already got the COVID <laughs> positive test, so he's already, you know, missed a few games. Um, we'll go over to Brad next. Um, I'm going to sort of segue from what David said about Lambert signings. That That's a feature, and a, a part of a, a podcast in the future, looking at all Lambert signings so far. Yeah, I don't know if there's been any positive ones. Of um, well, course. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But he's not here anymore. <laughs> he's not here anymore. He's um, scoring for Wigan.
7: Should, should be, should be.
0: Yeah, should be. Um, of course, Brad, we did a video on Paul Jules signings, <laughs> a lot of them um, on our YouTube channel. Check it out if you haven't already. But um, Brad, you've heard what the
4: guys have said. Um,
0: was what, your thoughts? Yeah, um,
4: I, I agree with what the others said. Um, yeah, I could have said exactly the same thing as David, but I won't because that would just be repeating that I completely agree with what you said. Um, when we signed Quana and the likes, that was to save us from going down a division. This time, it just is to save Lambert's job, pretty much. Praying that these, these four are going to come in and uh, pull us up the table. And No clear plan in place, like the other guys have said. Um, I think, going on to the signings, I think Matheson will have the biggest impact. Um, I, I really like him. He's a really intelligent player and he just makes good decisions on the football pitch. Um, he'll, he'll, yeah, I think he'll like, really surprise you how, how mature he is in the way he plays as well. Where he'll get the ball up the pitch in the 18-yard box and he'll make the right decision rather than give the ball away 41 times, which the other right-back did a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about seeing him play and full of energy, full of running. So hopefully that allows, with him patrolling that right-hand side, Allows Thomas to cut in and be the inverted winger. Um, on Parrot, I know nothing about, so I won't really comment. Just hope he stores loads of goals. And um, the other two I've, I've spoke about before. But, um, yeah, I, with with the loan debate, there's one player which I feel really could, nail, nail, not necessarily nail down the spot, starting spot, but certainly play a lot of games this season. And who has got a big for future? And that is Brett McGavin. And... I know he's gone out on loan, hasn't he? But yeah. would, it, would it have really been, like like, like we've said, for ways around this loan and what we could have done, um, as in bringing in a senior player, why not just tell Emma Hughes, look, you haven't got a future at the club. What's the point of you sitting there with, you, with a coat on on a Saturday afternoon? Accept an anonymous fee because that is all you get anyway and just get him out the door and maybe spend it on somebody who could actually come in and be a permanent signing and um, change your season as such. And there's, there's not just Emmy who's, it's a few players like that. And, and, on on and on, on the youngsters debate as well. I mean, I'll probably say something a bit probably shock you a bit now, but are, are our, young, are our youngsters actually that good? Like in, in our heads we all want them to be like really want them to be, but I know Dobra hasn't played in his actual position, but Dobras should have done more against Paul Caddis, who is 45, but is actually 32. Dobras <laughs> should have done more in that game, and he also started the Plymouth game. I think he started the one after that as well. So, I don't think he's necessarily take his chance, but I feel like his fate is sealed because of how Lambert treated him in the summer window, basically saying that you're not going to play if you stay here. Um, uh, that's the same for a lot of young- quite, quite a few of the youngsters, I'm afraid, and these youngsters that we've got in, I know they're youngsters, I know it doesn't look very good, but they are better than our youngsters. They just have to be youngsters because we can't go out and actually buy a senior player because of the because of a salary cap, and the way we've we're running our club with fifty three signed on professional players, which is absolutely ridiculous, so uh, it's, it's not very much to say on that because of what everyone else has already said, um I agree with the other guys, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs>
0: OK, well, I'm going to go over to, to you, John, next, because um, we did a video about players out of contract. Of course, I want to get your thoughts on the loan debate and stuff, but what Brad said was a good point about, you know, what, why haven't a, you know, the club spoken to some players who, who are out of contract in the summer? That, that's what normally happens in January. Sometimes you, you pay off a player. I know at the moment there's a lot of money constraints and stuff, but you think players like him, you know, Sears, players who probably won't be here next season, like, just like, well, yeah, <laughs> here's a bit of money go away instead of them being in the stands and training week in, week out. It's not going to be part of the future. Um, You know, your thoughts on that and also the loan debate and the signings that were made in January.
6: Yeah, I totally agree. And for me, I said a few weeks ago, I think Amir Hughes has done at the club. Um He was on when we spoke, Ross, he was one, one of the ones I said, release. Um Unfortunately, I would love to him to have made the impact that we all thought he made, but, He's been plagued by injury and he's underperformed and he's never recovered. Brett McGavin, for me, is better in the squad, I know he's gone to air, than Amir Hughes. Amir Hughes is not going to suddenly find his fitness in his form at our club. He needs to move on. So, as Brad rightly said, we should have sat down with him and said, why don't you go on loan somewhere? Why don't you go on loan with a view to a permanent? Why don't you, should we pay up your deal? Whatever it is. I don't know if you pay up somebody's contract, whether that still counts towards uh, the salary cap. I'm not sure how that works. But, you know, we don't need the size squad we have now got. We just don't. I know we've had injuries, um, but we've had injuries and still managed to put a full squad out, haven't we? You know, we've never had ridiculously... um, Baggett was on the bench the other day because of progress rather than necessity... Um, but we've always managed to have a full bench, it's not like we've been because we have got a huge squad, it's not like we've we've been lacking in numbers maybe lacking in quality so I, I get what Brad's saying about are our youngsters good enough but as a club we always try to promote our youngsters and we've done that well in the past but we have brought people like Ken Lock through and people like Josh Emmanuel. and you know I wanted Josh Emmanuel to be a really good fullback. He's not good enough. He's doing better at Hull than he did for us. Um, I don't think Kenlocks the answer. Having said that, he played well the other day. You know, some of our youngsters. That's yeah, true. Are... <laughs> uh, the chicken man isn't the answer. But you know, we've got we've got to be a little bit brutal and get rid of some youngsters as well. But the youngsters don't count towards the salary cap. So if you've got to make your mind up on a youngster and you're sitting on the fence. You keep the youngster and you get rid of the experienced person who's costing money. And all of the loans coming in are going to be costing money. You know, whether we're paying the... You're not telling me there's not agent's fees being wasted on all these loan players? I mean, we've brought in some trust. I know he's playing for Hull now, but Callum Elder, he didn't. Like, can anybody actually remember him in our squad? Do you want to remember him? You look at what was the other lad who came in at the same time? Was it Hawkins? No. I can Hawkins plays
2: now. Dawkins. J- Dawkins! Dawkins, sorry. Dawkins. Yeah, sorry.
6: <laughs> I had the D and the H the wrong way round. Um, but he's that memorable, I can't even remember which his surname starts with, you know, which letter his name starts with. So there's a little bit of me that's just... I was excited on the transfer deadline day to actually have something to be interested in. because normally you kind of, I watch Sky or BBC and you think nothing's going to happen regarding my club. So why should I really be that bothered? But that was interesting. I like the rest of the lads think Matheson is probably the most interesting because I presume at the beginning of the season, I hear what everybody said, especially David rightly saying about, you know, if you're not going to play to if you don't trust Cotter, if you don't really want to play Chambers at right back, you need to have an understudy for KVY because he was injured at the beginning of the season. That aside, I think he thought KVY was going to be fit at some point, and unfortunately, he found out that he's made of glass, even though he's back on the grass. Um, what we really need is a player to come in because Chambers is not the right back we want. So, I can understand the Matheson signing for the rest of this season because we've got a void, and hopefully. KVY will come back at some point, make a few appearances and be fit for next season. That's what we're realistically looking at now. So I can understand the loan signing of a quality right back coming in to fill that injury. That's a little bit like David was saying back in the day. You have a, uh, a an injury of a key player and you replace it with a key player. I, we really needed to go out in the summer and sign a right back and the young left back. We didn't. And we're, we're suffering the consequences of that, aren't we? Um, I don't know that much about Parrott. Um, Thomas doesn't look anything better than Lancaster to me so far, if I'm being honest. And uh, he's had three games, one as a sub, and he looked like when he came on, he had a good, de- decent game the next game and was fairly poor in the third game. So, what we're going to give him overall? A six, a seven, maybe? Is that going to change our season? I, I hope he does. Um, for me, if we're going to bring in loan players, I would have cancelled some of the other loan players. I would have said, bye, Bennetts. Nice having you. See you later, lad. We don't want to be paying your wages. Um, McGuinness, I know um I can't ask for anything more. You're really, really great. You're really great. I have built my team around you the last few months, but actually, you're not the future. I'll get rid of B- McGuinness. I know that's a controversial thing to say, but what is the point of having him? If we brought a right back, which I think we need... And Chambers is going to be a centre-half again. Whether he's good enough or not is another question. But that is too many centre-halves, isn't it? So you've got to get rid of your loney. Why Why have another loney? Because McGuinness isn't better than Wilson or Toto. And he's not our player. So I would have cancelled Bennett and McGuinness. I don't know what the contract is. Clearly, that might be, there might be a penalty clause to pay. But I don't see the point of having six loanees when you can only play five of them. Obviously, knowing I look three of them will be injured. One's got COVID, whatever. But I, I just don't get it. the overall, the actual signings of the month, in the month. I go, I can see why he's brought in Thomas and Harrop because we're not creating enough. But actually, like the lads have said, if he played the players we do have in position and gave them confidence and got the shape of the team right, maybe we wouldn't need to. Um. Parrott, I can understand why he's brought in a striker with Jackson being out for a couple of games. But I'm not sure we desperately need him. I hope he's a good player and I hope he fires the goals in. Um, I, I, the only one who really excites me is Matheson. I think he's a good signing. But what David rightly said is it shows what an absolute shit show of a strategy we've got. We just don't know where... We've gone back and gone, right two years into our reign, we're going to forget all of our plans. We're going to go back on our quotes about building a squad of young players and me packing my bags um, if we have lone players because I'm not that kind of manager. All oh, right, actually, basically, he's rolling the last dice he has, hasn't he? He's gone, right, if I don't get us into the playoffs, I've lost my job. So I might have to stick to the 4 3 because Marcus has told me that and I'm going to be tending to my my my, my favourite um kind of formation even though last season I didn't play it and I'm going to sell my soul and go against wanting loads of loan players because I, ultimately I'm going to try to keep my job so it's shit of bust time isn't it you know he's rolled that dice um, my biggest problem with the window is the communication you go back to what Thomas was saying about Lambert on football focus how can Lambert make time for football focus and appear on Five Live and Sky Sports talking about COVID, but most of the time he can't be bothered to have press conferences with the local press anymore. Um, where is the man, I know he's been ill himself, and I don't, as I've said many times, I don't wish any ill on anybody. Leo Neil was clearly ill himself as his family were and stuff. But where's he been recently? There's been a couple of half-bullshit kind of statements the last couple of weeks, but... Where's the connection from the club to the fan base at this time? You know, it's it's awful. You know, the, it just makes it feel like we haven't got an idea. If you're looking in as a somebody who doesn't know that much about the club and you start digging, you think, what the hell is this all about? I think we're taking it for mugs. I really do. Like... Brad, did you say it was 57 players now professionally on on the books? Um, I don't actually know. I think I
4: said 53, but I'm not sure on
6: the actual figure. 53. It's, yeah, 53. We're, we're taking the mick out of Chelsea, having too many players and loaning them all out. We're a League One club. We've got 53 professionals. Who's wasting money there? You know, if you were a businessman, surely you would want to be going, OK, Lambert, you're bringing in a Premier League youngster or you're bringing in a championship uh, injury-prone person who needs a second chance or who wants to appoint the prove. And I get they've all got an edge or an angle, but okay, you need to send one of your senior pros out. You know, is Nidham going to figure? Is he worth going out on loan to get some fitness back? Is Skews ever going to be fit? If he's not going to be fit, pay his contract up and get him coaching. Don't have him in the player squad. Get rid of Hughes, if you're going to bring in Harrop and you're going to keep Bennett's and you're not going to play Judge in a number 10 generally, sell Judge. Surely Judge is one of the highest wage earners. And you're not telling me that he's done enough to earn a a new contract to stay at the club anyway. So I'm just left feeling, as a fan, if I just look at the signings, I get quite excited by the signings. But the strategy and the overall structure of the big piece just goes. Oh, what the hell we're doing? It's like somebody's, like David said, like playing Championship Manager as a kid. <gasps> I need. A, let's transfer. To, I'm going to sign some people. Like, but you got a squad of fifty players, fifty three players. We're saying it's ridiculous. And I just want to see a bit more connection from the club and a bit more humility. And you know, I think Lambert publicly is trying to do what McCarthy did. He's trying to go national protect his own reputation and for people to look in and go oh poor Paul Lambert some of his players have had COVID and he's had COVID oh isn't that really poor you know and are they just in touch and distance of the playoffs and things haven't gone well because of the COVID situation this situation that Lambert's created is not about COVID it's about two and a half years of his management now and it's not good enough right I'm going to stop now
0: a speech, um, and David's got his hand up. So we'll go over to you, David, uh, Thomas and Liam. Do not worry. I'll get to you <clears> soon. I uh, hope you're awake. You're both awake. Yes, you are. <laughs> all good. Uh, but, yeah, David, yeah. What, what else you got
5: to add? To, to, two short things to what John said. The long-term strategy, I mean, I, I, there are so many people I would get rid of because the, the squad's bloated. I, I mean, Hughes is there, obviously. Um, but we, when Roe went in the summer... If you know in the summer you're going to play a 4-3-3, you've just got rid of a winger. Why didn't you get somebody in then? I mean, it's not just Danasian going out of the door. It's also looking at the future and going, right, well, we've got rid of that one. We haven't got that. We've said before on the pod, the last time we had these two decent wide players was Anderson and Tab. You know, and to be going back that far, to say that Anderson and Tab were your best wide partnership is... One, mad that they were the best ones, but two, <laughs> mad that you're going back that far. Which makes you wonder what does, because Dave Bowman is still hanging around the club, a bit like um, KVY, nobody's quite sure why he's there or what he does. <laughs> Allegedly, I mean, he was Chief Scout. What does he do now? Um, T Man? Um, you know, we don't have, it seems, any ability to find good foreign players we don't seem to have any handle on good players coming from non-league or from league two luke penning seems to have a better handle on um young players coming out of scotland or something than the club does so w- what is our chief scout doing exactly you could save a a, a shedload of money by getting rid of him besides hughes and company and the other one which i think is really and i was i was involved in a long conversation about this earlier is communication of the club and I, and I think that we should talk about this at length another time. At a time when we can't watch games, the communication from the club is so important. Not just about creating excitement for signings or all of those things, but keeping us involved. Letting season ticket holders know what's happening behind the scenes, what might happen. I don't want... This is going to be the policy about refunds. I don't want any of that. Just keeping in touch, engaging... Using marketing skills. The Greyhound and the Woolpack have got better engagement during this lockdown than the club have. The club are a multi-million pound business run by somebody whose billions come from marketing and events management. And the club can't manage to communicate with people who are paying between, what, 30 and 80 quid a month for a product they're not getting. Greyhound and the Woolpack are shut. Well, pub, a pub is absolutely useless to anybody that you can't go and buy any beer from. And yet, I've got a better relationship with my local pubs now than I've ever had before. They communicate, they're friendly, they're letting you know all the time what they're doing behind the scenes. They're, do, they're doing, going out of their way to try and keep people interested. The clubs seem to be going, oh, yeah, well, they're football fans, they'll be back. They're taking everybody for granted. And what they're doing, whether they're removing the budliers from the roof of the stands or deciding on the the paint that Dave Bowman's going to put in his kitchen, whatever they're doing, they're certainly not doing any marketing, any of that. And that is something which is really important. There's no strategy at a business level. There's no strategy at a football level. The whole club is so badly run. Cool.
0: Well, um, you've heard what they've got to say, Thomas and Liam. I'm going to go over to you... um segs sorry i called you thomas segs um and liam you'll finish off the chat i know you've got a rant or something to say a lot of things to say but um thomas um i'm loving the shirt by the way we haven't mentioned i know the listeners can't see it it's the marmite kit the blue into white fade i want to get everyone's thoughts quickly actually on this kit i think some of us maybe weren't i wasn't born when it came out sorry to bring ages in here but um Show it properly, Thomas, to everybody, and we'll get A1's thoughts. So it is the, I think, 95-96 season, is it? Yeah. Alex Matthew. Alex Matt yeah. So, I want to quickly go to A1's. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, great, kit. Love it.
8: Matt? Gasul <laughs> and Beek. Fantastique.
5: David, what do you think? Yeah, Matthew. Quality share. John?
6: Alex Mathy It just makes me think of Alex Mathy and you can never remember that he scored a first hat trick, first half hat trick against the scum. So that makes me smile anyway. So there you go. Good shirt, Brad,
4: What do you think? he did? <laughs> Sorry, um, not for me. Don't like white
0: sleeves on a home shirt. Right, and I, I saw a nodded the head of Tom, so I think he doesn't like it either.
2: No, I love it. It's, it, okay. it was my first kit. I was saying before we started recording it, I was hoping they'd bring out on a, a retro one. I remember in primary school, my mum ironed my shirt once and managed to fade some of the blue and white onto my, my school shirt. So I love that, that kit. That brings back good memories. Cool. And I would
0: say, the, what, Liam, what do you think?
3: Uh, well, I can't actually see Thomas, but I did see him earlier. Um, I actually think it's quite a smart kit. Um, Originally, I actually thought it might be closer to the uh, promotion winning kit a few years later, but uh, um, it's, it, it, it looks quite smart to me.
0: Okay. I just thought I'd just you know, mix up a little bit, and then we'll get back to the, the loan debate. Um, Thomas, what, what, what's your thoughts on um, what everyone said and um, your take on loans and everything? Just
7: because just like I firstly... Yeah. In regards to the shirt, I do like this shirt, but I prefer the away one from this season, the season—the green and burgundy. Yeah. So uh, just to add that in there, which I also have, by the way. Um course, do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in terms of the loans, um, I think they're actually pretty good. Um, Matheson excites me. I remember seeing him at Rochdale. I wasn't at Rochdale, but I remember watching it on iFollow and thinking um, he's a decent player. Obviously, he also went to Manchester United to score the goal that he did last year. So. We've got a promising right back there. Um definitely pushes chambers out, I think, which is about time. And we've mentioned Thomas and Harriet before and with um Parrot, I don't haven't seen too much of him so I'm not I can't really judge. Um I feel like if we play the way we're at the moment he's not gonna make much difference. So but that's down to the, the way we play and not the actual player himself. And um forgotten who the other one is, who's the other one we've got in? I've got someone. I know we've got really brought in forward at me. Sorry, yeah, yeah, my bad. But yeah, um, but in terms of the actual loans in general, um, I don't agree. It's not long-term. I'm kind of I'm more on David's side than yeah, it's, it's the actual players. I've got nothing against the players. I think they will make a difference, but it's more uh, rather the dice for Lambert to save his job. It's just, he's put these players in to add a bit of quality and it could work. It could go against him, but the way we play at the moment, I can't see it really happening um, it's, it, there is no structure there and, and with the signings as well it's no long term. they're not going to be here next season um, it's, it's just a roll of the dice and we don't get promoted we've got to start from scratch again in the summer which is what we just should have done last time last summer to bring, a, bring us up to scratch but another point is the fact that we've gone back two and a half years now there was this whole debate about five loans and we've got six, uh, six loans we've got to play five under underhurst. we had Walters, Graham, Tyo Shallabar, Pennington and one other can't remember the other one now. But we had we had these players and we're back to this situation again now. I know, admittedly, Walters got injured, so it kind of solved that issue unfortunately for Walters, you know, a legend coming back to the club and it only lasted three or four weeks, unfortunately. But we're back to this whole situation now where we've got these lonies in. There's no long term strategy. It's just it's just no forward thinking. It's 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 just pathetic really. Um as for a club of us our size to be doing this kind of thing. And the fact is that if if it had trusted the young youngsters more, gave them a run in the games like Dobra like Lancaster, I definitely feel like they wouldn't be needed. Um if you give them a run of games, it's like David said earlier, Lancaster's not a centre midfielder. You shouldn't be playing in there. It's it's just bad man management, bad tactics that's led him to had to bring in these signings, then what then what was needed? Um Dobra as well, Brad said earlier that he perhaps didn't look his best, but then if man management was best, then what, what's to say he would have been better in those games? You know, his, the the club is ruled by poor man management at the moment. And going back to it, but Stephen Warnock said that on Saturday. It's good. I don't want to keep going back to that, but the fact that, that that has opened our eyes up a bit, we can see how the players are being um, managed at the club. And it's just which they're going on downward spiral. And the part of the matter is the loanies are good, but they can only be good if managed well, and it's not going to make a blind bit of difference.
0: Okay, then. Well, Liam, finally, it's big about loans. I know you've got something to say, so take it away, my friend, and then we'll get into previewing Blackpool and Peterborough as we go back to Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday schedule.
3: I mean, in isolation, I think it's actually been a good window. I've said this before. I think January, you're going to sign players. I mean, January loans aren't the worst thing to do in January um, because they could be there to give you a help. um, As we saw uh, in the championship season, trying to keep them up, but obviously the wrong players were sought. Um, And obviously this season, it's to try and give a boost to Obviously, get into a promotion spot. Um, as I said with Harriet, I think being a number 10, he's going to play that role better. Um, I do take on board
2: everything
3: about Judge and the fact that if he had been on time, he might have been able to do it. Um, and Tom, we haven't seen a lot, but to be fair, he should have played against Peterborough and only came on in the last 15 minutes. Um then didn't, couldn't really do much against Sunderland because we were down to 10 men within the first 10 minutes. And OK, didn't have the best game against Crewe, but he did have one or two moments. Those two players, for me, are established players. Harrit, we're not talking about a young player here. We're talking about someone who is now a seasoned pro, um, who's been playing in a first team for quite a while. Um, and I think if he stays fit, and that's the big if, I think, um that his quality could be a real asset. Thomas it is a bit more bit more of a gamble because he is a young a young lad, but he's played at this level with Coventry and done it before. So those two I think obviously uh, could be a great help, but it's all about it's all about the system for me and, and the, the style of football. It's too slow. Do we get the ball into them quick enough? Um and it could be that they're not going to make a difference at all um, just because of our problem at um, Our system, or well, the way we play football, let's forget about the system, the way that we knock the ball about, lackadaisical, could really make a, just be detrimental to those two players coming in. Um, on deadline day, I think Matheson, to me, as everyone else has said, is the absolute I think he is a, a, a proper the excellent signing um, it does allow chambers to go inside I think we all I think we all have to agree Matheson I think is better than what we've got there, uh, even if theassi was still at the club. I think Matheson would be a better option there um, and it does open up. Um, as I say, a bit more tactical flexibility. And as I said about the crew game with the inverted wingers and having the fullbacks forming bombing on, now we have a young lad who's been able to do that. Um, and so hopefully, as I said from the crew bit, it makes a difference. Um, I think the loans are, are what people have said. Lambert is using it. He's in the last chance saloon. Um, he's in self-preservation mode. It's to try and get them up. But there's no forward thinking uh, at all with it. Um, But, I mean, good luck to them. And if it comes off, then I'm sure we'll all be eating our words at the end of the season.
0: Okay, then. Well, i see a hand up from Thomas. um, Your last bit of talk about the loans, and then we'll get into the
7: previews. I was going to say, well, two points now. Firstly, you can't really look at Ollie Hawkins' goal-scoring record at Bortsmouth because he was playing centre-back. So, there's that. But also, um, there's a point I was going to make during my bit, but I forgot because of um all the shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> but sorry. It's, it's kind of been said anyway, but um you talk about the salary cap and stuff like that. And we kinda of said about Emma who's like, why haven't you offered Cole Scoots off? Get him into cold coaching, take his payers contract off, just get him into the coaching role now. He's not he's, he's not the future. There's no long term strategy of having him still employed by the club as there as his player. That's like offload him if you have to just take him into the next stage of his career. But also why I like Freddie um always have. He's been unfairly treated because of where he's been played under Mick and Lambert, to be fair to him. Um, but if Colchester are interested, why not offer to him? Take him Send out now on, on loan to the rest of the season and they can sign him afterwards. Why why keep him here just to be a fringe player if he's not seen you know, for the long-term solution? It's, you, you're keeping a player here for no reason when he could be out playing now for Colchester in you know a, player, a club that he's been at before. He obviously would like to go back to, and they probably would like to have him back. Offer him, offer offer them a deal. Let them take it, and then you know it's that's one more that's a few more players off your books. It just there's just no. It's like David said. There's no strategy, no long term solution. It's just it's just pathetic. Fifty three. Sorry.
4: Fifty three. Just imagine getting your programme and looking on the back of a programme. You'd actually have to, like, have a bit inside programme just to go down, because it'd go to the end. It's just ridiculous. Oh,
8: Double spread. all I can think about yep. when you say programme, Brad, is um, seeing Leo Muff's name sponsoring somebody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where is he now? Leo Muff. I'm sure he can help us sign (laughs) Jizz (laughs) Horncamp. A little bit of Jizz. Um, Liam, anything else you want to add?
3: Um, Just what Thomas said about Hawkins playing at centre-back. So you can talk about his goal-scoring record not being great at Portsmouth because he isn't uh, a a striker. But this week, back in uh, uh, 2000, Marcus Stewart was signed and he made a difference in getting town into the Premier League. That's what Town should have done. Two million pounds, because we had money. Summer. We had money there. We've got no money. Yeah, but in the summer, in the summer, Marcus Evans could have invested, or even what David said, they well, there were a few free transfers out there who would have been better than Hawkins, who may have been able to score more goals by now. Well,
7: wow.
3: We haven't done it.
7: To begin with, you got rid of a striker in the first place, so you didn't need to get off. Who could have done a much better job than Hawkers to start off with, so there's that, isn't there?
4: <laughs> You've got to assume that he's just absolutely skint, because for salary cap, you, can, you could pay £10 million for a League One player if you wanted to. You just can't pay him over a certain amount in wages. you just got to assume that the bloke's absolutely skint. For gonna again, again he, can play, he can pay 53 players' wages each week. But, yeah, you I'm can't,
7: sure. but you can't sack someone from their contract extension because it's going to cost them too much.
5: <laughs> yeah, this, just... this is the thing all the way through. There's, the, the, there's no cohesion to the way the business is run. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's having contactless, which isn't actually really contactless. It's the very cheapest end of it. It's running out of coffee before half-time in 50% of games. All of those things, the, the, the marketing, the running of the club, having Budley's in the roof... Keeping Dave Bowman on fifty-three players, you know, none of it. It has any strategy. Nothing makes sense anywhere at the club, does it?
6: When we talk about communication, without trying to blow my own trumpet, I do better communication from my primary school. Each week, I send a a weekly newsletter. I send parent mails two or three times a week about key things. You know, I communicate with the family, so get them on side, keep them on side. Not going to please everybody all the time but you communicate, you're visible. I get out there, I stand on the gate, even though we are only got about 40% of our kids in at the moment, I'm still on the gate every single morning to say good morning to the, the, the families. I'm visible. That's called leadership. That's called connection. That's called communication. And uh, our club are crap at it at the moment. What, what you- I said
3: this to you, Ross, the other day, but Leo Neal, has been hiding under a rock all, all January transfer window. And, and ever since, even with Evans' statement, he never popped up. And yet everyone hated, uh, I think it was Clagg who was in that role. But and at Bill. least he turned up to supporters' groups' meetings uh, and took supporters' questions. At the moment, that nobody from the club is taking anything from anyone no one uh, people are asking questions and they're not they're not getting back in touch with anybody there it's a closed shop.
7: what do you expect from someone who disappeared right from turning up though until the his most successful manager left it was what eight years until he actually showed his face yeah. what what, what this, more do you expect from someone like that you know
4: this just goes back to last summer as well if you think about it I think it was just a week before pre season, was the first time we actually heard Lambert speak. There was no, like, like like David said, there was no marketing, there was no excitement about the season ahead. There was absolutely nothing from the club. And it's now going halfway through the season where he only speaks to BBC Sport. It's just an absolute joke. And just the communication for me, Speaker's thing, because you stand outside the ground, it doesn't feel like it's your club anymore, does it? It doesn't feel like it's our club. Mm-hmm.
5: David, Matt, take it away. Very quick. I mean, I I, I, I was having this conversation earlier. It's like John says, the communication, but little videos. You could could engage people. It's not just about um, the crap football on the pitch. Because we can't go, they're in danger of losing people because they've found other things to do. Childcare, gardening, shopping. The chances of shops and restaurants being open before football is back is a real one. People will find other things to do. The club's terrible communication, their terrible PR, risks losing people to other activities. My dad started playing golf. He hasn't been going down. He was he was a regular for 30, 40 years. And it's very, very easy to lose that routine. If they had, you know, they like the Terrace Talk does, you know, with little competitions, wouldn't cost them very much. You could have things whereby youngsters could have a virtual fan zone with Bluey before a game. You could have um, messages to fans who um, had got through a lot of, from um, players on the way to a game or something. It would take about five minutes to record. Francine, you know, young teacher, manages to make a video to every single one of her children each week. Those are little things that the club could be doing. And it, it, that, it, it's, a, it's a serial part of the failure. I know it's not part of what we were originally talking about. Sorry, but But it, it, it is an important thing because it's the same thing. It's a lack of strategy, a lack of vision. You could have looked at the, the summer as an opportunity because we do have Evans. Other, play, other clubs had to lose play, players. We, ke- we kept them. We could have added to the, our squad better and seen as an opportunity. Now we see it as a threat because, the, because of COVID, because of the lockdown, but we're not doing anything about it. The transfer window is reactive, it's passive. The club is passive about other threats and other dangers, and I think it's a real problem. And it's, it, on the pitch, it's like ju- the last days. The transfer strategy is like Jewel. But the club as a whole is being run as if Jewel is still there, but he's watching his DVD and hasn't actually bothered to sort of like decide to buy anything <laughs> for years.
0: Oh, dear. All right. I saw Thomas's hand up. Uh, Matt's got his hand up. I'm going to go over to you, Matt. And then Thomas, you round up this extra chat that we didn't pl- have planned, but it's merged
8: into a fantastic discussion. So uh, Matt, take it away. Cheers Ross, I think I think the guys are totally right about the engagement thing. All I hear from the club is your direct debit is due in two days and look at this fantastic new range of crap merchandise, which is equally as crap and um unappealing as as, as the other things and and the whole the whole p r side of things is just you would not. If, if if an alien came along or somebody from, I, I don't know, South America that was interested in football and, and wanted to find out some stuff about our club and they learned what our owner does and how he became one of the richest people in the United Kingdom. And they're like, oh, he's a he's a PR corporate hospitality. You guys must have some absolutely banging facilities down there. They would they would get quite a shock. And it's actually. Quite frankly, I I find it embarrassing. One of the guys that works in the same building as me is um is a fan of um our our, our cousins up the road, uh, the the unsuccessful ones with a fish tank and not a trophy cabinet, and it's just it's it's just embarrassing. It's just what what can we do? And and it's the kind of sad thing. And, and I've always. With, with everything that's going on in the world I think it's really really important to try and keep some perspective but my goodness me it doesn't half get you down sometimes when, when 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 you think about it and um yeah as much as I can't wait to get back to Portman Road I I'm not really missing not being able to buy things at half time and um only having cider available when I really fancied uh, an IPA in the in the lower cobalt and I hope they've got um contactless card readers if not i'm just going to buy one for 50 quid and give it to them <laughs>
7: there you go lovely um thomas just a small point related to what david said but um going back to engagement and stuff like that communication but my our wedding photographer uh big fish um she's been doing a lot of challenges during all three lockdowns about how you know picture challenges and stuff like that if you want to keep the kids engaged why not just give them small quizzes or photo challenges or little little challenges you know word searches, just once a week, just something just to keep them interested in the club and to carry on you know, just little things like that, it would have made a big difference I think
0: OK, and, um, and John then we'll go over to you Tom to start the previews, um, which I was going to do 20 minutes ago, but it's in a way, it's started another debate which is fantastic, but um, John finish it up my yeah. friend.
6: Yeah, I just want to summarise and say the loadies have been a good uh, you know, the load side have been decent
0: Sure, sure. So we've lost two people since that chat. Um, Mark and Tom's internet is basically dropped. So we've lost them, but we've still got the game day regulars as we preview the two-game week. Uh, Peterborough and Blackpool. Firstly, Blackpool, of course, they visit Portman Road. They're in good form. Seven goals scored, clean sheets all round. I want to go over to Brad, because um, remember when we spoke Again, you know, for the Blackpool game, we all going, oh, my God, what a goal and all that. Four goals at Blackpool. Oh, so much has changed, hasn't it, my friend? How are you feeling going into this game? Would you start the low knees, uh, Maxon at right back, and maybe Harrop if his footy foot, playing in the cam role, and then
4: Parrot up front? What do you think? That uh, Blackpool game seems a million years ago. Um, <laughs> I, on the low knees, uh, I'd, I'd 100% start Harrop, if he's fit. Um I don't think he will start anyway because, as you know, at this club, you need about three games off the bench before you actually start a game. Uh, Matheson, 100% start. Parrott, I haven't seen him, so I wouldn't because I'm hoping Norwood's fit. But as I do every week, I say, Norwood's going to start this weekend. And then the press conference tomorrow, Norwood's not fit this weekend. Um, And on Thomas, yeah, I think he keeps his place. So... Yeah, Blackpool have been on a good run of form. Well, they've, 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 they've played Northampton and, and um, Wimbledon, haven't they? So, all MK Dons are one of them. So it's not it's not a, no, it's not not exactly top ten sides. Um, but they've been playing four four two. And if Harrop isn't fit, just please match them up from the start and go four four two. Don't just play Judge in the ten because it's not the long term plan. What about Harrop? But he's it's going to be better than what we have there. Don't don't play bishop in there. Well, Bishop's suspended anyway, so ignore that. Just match it up and go four four two. Norwood and Sears, and just see what they can do. Because I'm sure that Norwood and Sears could cause them trouble. And rather than playing the the crap four three three that we constantly keep playing, it's eleventh versus twelfth. Um, for that, I've gone one one mid table. Um, uh, yeah, they've they've signed a couple of players, haven't they? They've got that Ellis Sims from Everton, who we were linked with. He's got two goals in two games. And I quite like the look of their side, because they have been playing 4-4-2, which is coincided with their decent run of form. And I like um, Sully Kakai, who we were linked with a while back on the wing for them. So they've got a nice-looking little nice little team there, which I think are going to go places under Neil Critchley eventually. Uh, never known next season, I could actually see them start pushing up the table. But yeah, one-one mid-table. Don't really see us get anything out of it. I can do the posh game if you want as well. Um, just repeat my preview from before, and I'm going to say 3 0 loss. And I'd actually say that even if we were in good form, I just think going to Peterborough on a Tuesday night, when they're up for it, I'm so, I, I don't think they're going to get anything from that. They've they've signed absolutely no one this summer, this January window. Sorry. And then um, Dembele's handing a transfer request. And I hope it all falls apart for him again, because I just really dislike Peterborough. And I hope that they get their 14-15 curse. But we didn't get anyone in. Well, we got Sears, didn't we? But we didn't spend in January. So hopefully that happens to Peterborough. Um, hopefully it all starts to fall apart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, um, of course, David, his favourite side. Going to go over to him. Uh, Blackpool first and then Posh on Tuesday night. Um, how are you feeling going into the Blackpool game?
5: Meh. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Standard. <laughs> yeah. Um. Most of the lone players won't be in there on account of the fact that they haven't had a pre-season. Um. Haven't played. Their legs fell off. Somebody ate their dog. Um. Something. Um. Yeah. Probably play hack. Did after ten minutes because you know that's the way it is. No. It, Blackpool are in, you know, they're picking up. They're only two points behind us. It's going to be grim. We'll play some pretty football for a little while. We'll show some a little bit of passing around and then make a cock up at the back and it'll be 1-0. We'll come back into it. We'll get a goal. Everybody will be really excited in a sort of sitting on the settee, actually looking at the wallpaper sort of way. And then Blackpool will win. 2-1 to Blackpool. Flattering to deceive, lots of prettiness, nothing happening. And um, Portsmouth are just going to cane us 3-0, because it's going to be shit, um, because paper and yes, They're not Portsmouth, Plymouth, not even Plymouth. Hey, bro. Paper. <laughs> paper. Oh, P. They're all the same bloody thing, aren't they? <laughs> Portsmouth, Plymouth.
8: Bradford, Park Avenue.
5: Yeah, Prattford. <laughs> Peter Lee, Newtown. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, you, you don't fundamentally change the problems by sticking a, a couple of youngsters over the top of it just because they came from Spurs Academy the problem is the style of play we've got is too slow, too ponderous, it won't work and you just stick a new player over the top of it, it doesn't work you could put a really good experienced striker at the top and if you don't give him the ball he can't score goals we had two shots on target against Crew, which is admittedly a vast improvement on some things. But, yeah, it, 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 you need to change the style of play. You need to do something like that. That's what I meant earlier on about 10-year-olds. Mixed problem years ago, I had a problem with him because we weren't creating chances. It's not lack of goals. It's lack of chances that causes me the problem. We're too slow, and simply throwing an extra player in there doesn't change that. You need to change what you're doing. So, no no change. Some pretty football, pretty passing, two defeats. 2-1. Two, 2-1 to Blackpool, and then 3-0 to um, A team, beginning with P. Don't mind which one you choose.
0: <laughs> okay, then. I'm going to go over to Matt. Hopefully, he'll bring some positivity. So I'm sure the other guys are going to be negative as well. So, <laughs> I know Matt sometimes can give me a nice little positivity. Sometimes, John can do as well with his lovely smile. But, uh, Matt, how are you feeling going into these two games?
8: You know what I'm 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 actually <laughs> I'm actually feeling quite optimistic because I think the new players may have injected a bit of impetus into the squad. I'm hoping that we see a, a change in formation, a change of system like David said we need a bit of um urgency, um we need some thought in our play. I think we're going to beat I mean Blackpool they're not a completely different team but they they're playing better football. I've noticed that they have they're the same two or three kind of players that kind of score every week, so we've got to do our we've got to do our pre-game research and and look into it. But I can't see us scoring many goals, however optimistic I am. But I think we're going to beat um, we're going to beat the Tangerines one 0 because I can't see us scoring um, any more than that, to be honest. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope we batter them again with another Chambo Thunderbastard from the edge of the area again, but come on, I wouldn't even put money on that uh, and and our, our good friends in Cambridgeshire the people that are rivals with Cambridge United, Ruston and Diamonds and Northampton Town uh, and Boston United I think as well, they hate each other as well Um, I 1-1 uh, one, 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 and, <laughs> and like David said I hope it falls apart because uh, I dislike Posh because um, yeah, there you go no no real reason other than working there for four years and that's four years I'll never get back. Oh,
0: definitely.
3: Um over to you
0: then, John. Um how are you feeling going into these two games? Um Yeah, just like David said, a bit meh going into these.
6: Yeah. Um I I think we we'd be better playing a different formation, but I don't think that's gonna happen for love nor money. I think Lambert's a stubborn so and so. And I think he's going to churn out his average um, lack of uh, direction, four three three. 3 3 really. My hope is that the... Indi- do you know when we talk at the beginning of the season, we're big teams when we've got individually better players at times. I hope that we might get a kind of a, a boost from some of the, the players joining. And I, I do think Matheson's going to be an upgrade on James at right back. Hopefully, um, Harrop will make an appearance. I think Thomas will keep his place. I think Parrott will probably be on the bench. I would love to see two up top, but and keep it simple and go back to some basics. But I can't see him doing it. However, I can't quite decide if it's going to be a 1-1 draw on Saturday or we're going to edge it 2-1. Now, that's me being optimistic. If I say we're going to score two goals... I should really know better, but I know I'm no I'm gonna go for it two one to town on Saturday, but unfortunately we'll suddenly go, oh, we've managed, and then we're then we're gonna to get toned four one on Tuesday night. I just can't see us having any anything on Tuesday night. I think it'll be that might be a little boost to the new players then back to the same old um so one win and one loss, two one town four one posh.
0: OK, then. I'm going to leave Thomas to last, or no, Segs uh, to last, to give his predictions for the two games. But Liam, over to you, um,
3: peterborough uh Blackpool. What, you've, what do you reckon? Um, I agree with John. It's not going to change, is it? Four three three. Um, 3 It is meh. <laughs> I, I got burnt trying to be positive with the, the Sunderland and Peterborough results and I lost out on prediction points in that. So I'm I've I've had my fingers burnt there. So for me, I'm hoping the loans make a difference. As I said, I think Matheson could make a difference in that full back position. If Harrop is fit, he has to start. Um and if Norwood isn't fit, then I may I think you may as well just throw in Parrot. What what's the point? Bringing him in, you've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. You may as well just throw him in. Um, But obviously, Norwood to start if he is fit. Um, I, I I really Blackpool are a difficult side to work out. They're up and down and um, trying to find that consistency. But they are on a good run and they're quite dangerous. I think they're, they're not someone that we should underestimate uh, just because we beat them four one when their team was kind of developing at start of the season. But I would say I don't think we'll lose to Blackpool. Um but I'm going to say it's going to be um a one-one draw. Um as for Peterborough, I don't think we'll win that. Um but I don't think we'll get tonked either. Because I don't think we've we've been tonked in the other games that we've played. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, Charlton and and Hull, we got beaten quite badly. Doncaster, uh, so, oh, Doncaster's the worst that we've had this season. Um, but I think most of the the other games we've 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 lost by the odd goal. Um, I, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one nil to Peterborough.
0: OK, then. I'm um, just going to chuck Tom's predictions. He just messaged me and he's go- he's a madman. He's apparently saying we're going to beat Posh 2-1 and we're going to draw 1-1 with Blackpool. I hope that happens, but yeah, we can't, can't see it happening. Um, Thomas...
5: 14th, 14th at the end of Tuesday, I reckon.
0: Oh, that's not good. And, oh, sorry, I keep saying Thomas. Seggs, um, over to you to finish up, my friend, your predictions. How are you feeling going into these two games?
7: I'm not feeling great. Uh, current form tells us, you know, we're we're on a slide. <laughs> um, Blackpool recently been looking good. Um, I spoke to up the mighty pool podcast um, either today or yesterday, I can't remember which one. But uh, they they seem quite confident to be fair. Um, they've um, obviously gone up, gone on a good run. Um, they said that the last time we played them, you know, the four one, that's uh, the kick up the arse they needed and. Unfortunately for them, they've had a bit of COVID and waterlogged pictures, and it's kind of caused a dent in their in their rise. But it's um, they're quite confident. I also asked about Garbert as well, um, which is quite a decent one, uh, quite an interesting one, because we all said on this pod before, he's not a left back, haven't we? But they, they see him as a decent left back and he's the best one at their club, apparently. Um, so it kind of shows we're a decent manager. Maybe he can play where he should play. Um but you know that's just, that's just how it is. But they kind of play with, especially away from home. I think at home they play attacking fullbacks, and then away from home they'll play either a left or a right back attacking one, and then the other's going to be uh, more defensive. So if Garbert starts, he'll be there attacking fullback, and then they'll put I think it's like Taunton, the Taunton, that? yeah, Taunton. So Taunton will be on the right if Garbert starts apparently. So, but yeah, it's definitely a. We've got to win in terms of our form, um, push us back up, but we won't. And I feel quite quite bad really because I'm top top of the table for the predicted league, and I'm on last. And I'm going to steal everyone else's results. Even I was going to say it beforehand. I was going to say one-one. Um I was, was going to say it before Brad even said it. It's going <laughs> to look like going to look like I'm copying him because I know he's on my he's on my tail. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say one-one originally, and then for Peterborough, it's it's not confident at all. Um, I remember going there last year, Chambers' is, um, late equaliser, 2-2. But um, a lot has happened since then, and I hope gonna really lose 2-0. Um, which is, I know, who said 4-1 earlier? John. Yeah. thing is, Peterborough for that home game, they committed a crime, really. Not a shot on target, and they still left with the three points. But they're at home this time. Um, I think it's going to be a bit different, and I still think they'll beat us. I'm going to say 2-0.
0: Okay then, I'm actually going to update um, the listeners. If I don't know much about the prediction league, um, pretty much everyone who's in this call right now, and also Harvey, are part of the prediction league. Uh, Thomas, as he said, uh, all segs is top of the leaderboard with 26
7: points. I've been there. I've been there since the end of October, haven't I? The game. Yeah, league. yeah.
0: <laughs> he's, he's right. He's he's leader at the moment. Uh, Brad with 25 points in second. Liam with 22 points in third. And Harvey and John both joined on fourth with 18 points. David on fifteenth, And uh, poor Matty, 13 points bottom. But, you know, hopefully he's done a 1-0 town win. And he's also done a 1-1 draw against Posh. So possibly, you know, I hope for them results. I'll I'll be happy with them results at the end of play when we next record. I think they'll be two good results. But we'll wait and see. Um, But there we go. Um, thank you as ever to everyone involved, um, to Mark, to Tom, who went unfortunately, but David, Matt, John, Liam, Thomas, and Brad. Thank you as ever for joining me on Game Day Extra Time, the Game Day Extra Time posse. I've been producer Ross. Uh, make sure to get in contact with me on Twitter at Ross Media UK if you want to get involved in f- uh, future shows to get your voice heard. Uh, also, Lee Ross Reviews. I never do this uh, on the intros, I should do it. Leave us reviews. Let us know what you think um, on all your platforms that you listen to us on. Uh, Follow us on all our social medias and also YouTube where we do our game days after the game, uh, sharing our thoughts straight away after full time. But there we go. Um, Hope you have a good weekend. Hope you enjoy the game. Uh, Hopefully it's a win, but yeah, we'll wait and see on that. Anyway, guys. See you
1: later. From true crime to football,
3: Brexit to football, For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com channel slash Archon.